Hello, I'm Natalie Goldberg, and welcome to Education from an Equal. Today, I wanted to discuss an epidemic that is taking over high schools across America, mental illness. Now more than ever, teens are experiencing widespread depression and anxiety as a result of increasing collegiate expectations and social media exposure. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, 20% of American youth will experience some degree of depression. And with this, 30% of depressed teens develop substance abuse disorder. Additionally, according to the Child Mind Institute, 31.9% of adolescents will meet criteria for an anxiety disorder by the age of 18. And again, people suffering from anxiety disorders are almost twice as likely to abuse drugs and alcohol than their counterparts. Co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse, also known as comorbidity, is overtaking teenagers across America as they struggle against the stigma surrounding mental health and the lacking access to care. Teenagers will often attempt to self-medicate with drugs or alcohol in order to feel better, when in reality, what they need is therapy and or properly prescribed medication. The current way in which both the drug curriculum and the mental health curriculum are approached is negative for these teens. The mental health curriculum oftentimes contributes to stigma and doesn't provide the appropriate resources, and the drug curriculum resorts to blame and fear tactics too often. This is why I chose to combine the two topics, as they are so intertwined, and within the modern state of mental health and drug use in this nation, they must be addressed in tandem. In class, I have experienced both sides of this struggle. Across the nation, drug education is very one-note, with lessons focusing only on the legality of drug use. Even in Oregon, a state perceived to have relatively high-quality sex education, the performance indicators utilized to gauge the quality of the learning in health class are not focused on the truly important issue behind drug use, why teens are using it in the first place. Why focus on the outcomes when teens aren't thinking about the future repercussions when they are choosing to experiment with drugs? Frankly, with performance indicators like HE 1.7.53 explain the dangers and legal issues related to the use of steroids, performance-enhancing drugs, and controlled substances, it is no wonder that so many schools in Oregon, let alone the entire nation, have trouble with drug use. A student in the midst of a depression is not going to be considering the legality regarding the drugs they are deciding to take to numb their mental suffering. As someone who struggles often with a mental illness, I have realized that at some points, it does feel hopeless, as though the only way to get through life is to numb the feelings. While I was lucky enough to have a therapist to discuss my own mental health trials with, many friends I had were not as lucky, as either their parents didn't believe in mental illness or they couldn't afford therapy, and they felt as though they were forced to self-medicate, oftentimes with dangerous drugs. I know how hopeless it can feel to be struggling with a mental illness, but combined with the stigmatization of these struggles in health class, coupled with the lacking drug education, it can feel like there is no way to turn, evidence from my own life. Rather than telling students not to use drugs, we need to combat the root of the issue, the reason why students are using drugs in the first place, which, oftentimes, is mental illness. While yes, some students just want to experiment with drugs for fun, the vast majority of students who utilize drugs stronger than alcohol or marijuana often do so in order to mask the pain that comes as a result of mental illness. While it is crucial for teens to get all of the information regarding the dangers of drugs and drug usage, it is even more important that the place the information is coming from is one of support, not anger. So, 
With this, I want to discuss some of the drugs that I see utilized the most by teens struggling with mental illness in terms of their harms to teenage bodies and minds, but also in terms of healthy ways they could combat the mental illness or stress that they are trying to deal with. I also want to humanize the stories of these drugs in order to model the way in which educators could shift their teaching to be more compassionate and understanding, rather than angry and shameful. In many cases of teen drug use, it is crucial that we look to the reason why they chose to use drugs in order to get to the root of the problem. But there are obviously more drugs than those I plan to discuss. These are the main ones utilized by high schoolers. The first and most obvious one is the Juul. And honestly, the problem with jewels isn't even the fault of teenagers. E-cigarette companies have been so obviously marketing to teens in the past few years that is that can pose a great danger. Oftentimes, nicotine allows one to, quote, take the edge off. But why are kids looking to take the edge off in the first place? Because of the incredibly stressful atmosphere at many schools, kids who are pushed to succeed often turn to jeweling in order to calm down. Yes, jeweling is a problem of irresponsibility in teens and an inability to comprehend the future effects of current actions, but it is also a result of the extraordinarily high expectations placed on teens. The issue of drug use, jeweling specifically, must be approached from a place of compassion and understanding in order to actually compel teens to stop utilizing these dangerous drugs. Recreational Xanax use has also hit record highs in teens. Though oftentimes used as a party drug, Xanax is actually meant to be an anti-anxiety medication, meaning that it can pose dangerously addictive consequences for anxiety-prone people that abuse this medication. This is the perfect time to bring up the issue of self-medication versus proper medication administered by a medical professional. Many people think that if they have diagnosed themselves with anxiety, depression, or another mental illness, that it is appropriate to self-administer treatment with prescription drugs. However, that is not the case. As well as help you avoid adverse reactions and side effects. With all prescription drugs, it is crucial that they are not used recreationally, as they are not meant specifically for you. But with Xanax especially, it can pose great addictive nature. Adderall encourages dependence for the rest of your life, and once you take it, you'll never be able to naturally concentrate as well as you could prior. This drug use especially needs to be approached from a place of care, because the majority of those abusing this drug are doing so because they feel immense pressure to succeed. With these drugs and more, the reasoning behind the drug use is the most important place to turn in order to combat this issue. As we have seen, the current approach simply is failing. Teens continue to use drugs because the root issue is not being attacked, and the rampant mental illness that oftentimes triggers the drug use continues to run rampant. Instead of focusing on the fact that teens are using dangerous drugs at a higher rate than ever before, maybe look to the reason why they are doing drugs. The job market is more competitive than ever before. It is so much more difficult to get into colleges, yet the same amount of spots at elite colleges are available. Not only does everyone have to get amazing SATs and a perfect GPA, but you have to have extracurriculars and a hook and interesting essays. It's a lot of pressure for us as students to be under, and those who don't have coping mechanisms because they were never taught them in school or never saw them modeled at home, it is seemingly easy to turn to drugs. Moreover, there is a difference between the stereotypical experimentation with drugs that nearly every high school student has struggled with and the large-scale prescription drug abuse that is burgeoning within high schools across the nation, contributing to the opioid crisis and hiding the real problem that lies beneath the surface, mental illness. As we already discussed the issues with the drug curriculum, we now need to turn to the mental health curriculum. 
Mainly, there are two problems related to the mental health unit and health classes across the nation. First, they often don't address any of the stigma surrounding mental health that is the true underlying cause. Second, it doesn't come from a place of care, but rather a place of shaming and scolding, which often compels teens to ignore it. First, the need to address stigma. There is so much stigma surrounding mental illness, both amongst peers and parents, that teens feel the need to self-medicate their mental illness in order to forget the stresses of their everyday life with nicotine and illegal prescription drugs. Because they don't feel comfortable asking their parents for a therapist or talking about their mental struggle with a friend or trusted adult, they often feel as though their only option is to turn to drugs because it allows them to temporarily ignore their struggle without having to tell anyone or even confront the issue themselves. The main way that educators must combat this is to engage in open discussions with their students about mental health problems and the effects that they have on teenagers. They also need to ensure that the curriculum does not perpetuate stereotypes about those with mental illness. Stigma is one of the biggest issues that continues to harm those with mental illness and also contribute to the comorbidity of mental illness and substance abuse because it prevents people from asking for the help they truly need. It is crucial that resources are provided in class, and it is made clear that asking for help is a sign of strength rather than weakness. Next, we need to alter the position from which the education comes. One of the easiest possible changes that education providers can make is also one of the most influential. Changing the way in which the issue of teen mental health is approached in the classroom can drastically increase how receptive teens are to the information. When told exactly what to do or what they are doing incorrectly, teens will often feel drawn to do the opposite as a result of their natural tendency to shy away from authority. If the issue of mental illness is approached in a way that blames teenagers for their struggles, they will be even more likely to turn away from the resources and help they need and turns towards drugs and alcohol. This change comes with an understanding that the reasoning behind teen drug use is mental illness, oftentimes, and if teachers can learn to be more compassionate about the reasons behind mental illness, they will be able to better relate to teens, develop positive classroom relationships, and provide the necessary resources. Rather than doing drugs, it is imperative to attempt to utilize healthy coping mechanisms, and this is also something that is crucial to talk about in class. Some healthy coping mechanisms are exercising, cooking, reading, watching TV, and talking to a friend. Anything that distracts you from the stressor at hand in a way that is not physically harmful, addictive, or detrimental to others is an amazing way to cope with the pressures of daily life. However, if these healthy coping mechanisms don't work, it is crucial that you seek professional help and, in some cases, seek to properly medicate yourself with the aid of a doctor. I know that a lot of parents do not feel as though mental health is a worthy cause to seek help from doctors, but there are options that you can utilize. There are 24-hour helplines that you can call, and there are also low-cost therapy options, which I have linked on the transcripts page of my website. Overall, the main thing I want to hammer into this discussion is how deeply intertwined mental illness and substance abuse are. The comorbidity of these two issues is so high, and this comes as a direct result of the lacking education in both areas. Drug education is failing as a result of an inappropriate approach that lacks compassion and understanding. Mental health education is failing as a result of continued stigma. It is crucial that the narrative within these lessons shifts from one of blame and shame to one of a full understanding of the complicated reasons behind teen substance abuse and mental health. We need to address stigma, change the place from which education comes, and make the drug use education more compassionate because the future of our nation depends on it.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the fifth episode of Education from an Equal. As promised, I'm going to shout out the winner of the quote contest on my Instagram. The winner is Jacob Kaplan. His favorite activism quote is, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, by Martin Luther King Jr. Follow him on Instagram at jacob dot k-a-p-l-a-n dot zero four. Thanks for the support, Jacob. The next episode will be released on Sunday, May 5th, and if you want a preview of what we will be discussing, be sure to check out my website, www.educationfromanequal.com. Also, follow the podcast on Instagram at educationfromanequalpodcast. See you then on...